Good day to you, glorious listeners. Shane here for the Disinformed Podcast. I have to regretfully inform you that at some point in this episode, there was a cataclysm and a major disturbance in the force, which caused two of our microphones to completely drop dead. I will not name names, but it's John's fault. So... Uh, we are very sorry. We did everything that we could to try to salvage the audio so you can still get the content because we felt the conversation was interesting enough that we wanted to include it here. Uh, however, we do want to give you the caveat that things are going to sound dramatically different uh, for John and my uh, discussion quality and uh, Michael will be much louder than the two of us. So knowing that going in, we apologize and we are going to do our level best to ensure that this never happens again until next week love and kisses and please enjoy the episode so did you guys ever wonder um, what your own shit would taste like not once (laughs) (laughs) what Um, no not at all either is this another one of those things where you're going to want to try to make us dress rats up to get you off again? Or... <laughs> I don't know. You just ever take a shit and you just be like, I wonder what that would have tasted like. No! <laughs> okay, good, good. God's good. only name is wrong with you. What an eternal... Oh, uh, well, welcome back to the shit-tasting show. <laughs> I feel like I'm eating shit listening to this. It's the, that, you're welcome. It sounds I, I like, like less than Jake got fucked by a less than Jake cover band who was having sex with Sublime's ugly stepsister. Who's in no doubt. <laughs> 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 Welcome back to the Disinformed Podcast, you long-suffering listeners, you. I'm Shane. I'm John. And I'm Michael. And today we are going to try to not brutalize you the way we did last week, but unfortunately we're swinging and missing with this musical view. But, uh... Uh, Michael gave me a fidget widget, uh, so that I oh, don't hit the mic an app. with it. Monkey fidgets, I think is the is brand? monkey fidgets? Yeah. I don't know, but it is delightful. Okay. Can I just play with my dick so that I don't fiddle oh, with it? As long as you don't hit the shock mount, I don't care what Okay, well, John, get over here. Yeah, um, Michael, what was the bit of wisdom that you gave before we started rolling? <laughs> if the uh, clit does not fit, you must acquit. <laughs> now, where are you and trying... you get that with no context, everybody. Yes. <laughs> where, where are you trying to fit the clit? Can I ask that? That's a trade secret. <laughs> Who's trade? You don't know trade down the street? No, I don't drink. No thanks, I'm not hungry. Oh, <laughs> hold on. <sighs> oh, I already opened mine. Oh, so you broadened your attention span for the episode. Good. That's good. Yeah. So I have an he interesting the sound guy. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> getting off of the clit for a moment, mm-hmm. or getting off with the clit for a moment. So I had a really interesting experience that occurred probably maybe six or seven years ago where there was a visually impaired student that attended at the downtown campus. 
uh, and you can follow me on this, I'm sure. But uh, So I was working in the library at the time, and she came in probably two to three times a week and had to utilize some of our software and stuff. You are typically inclined to offer your arm to someone with a, a visual disability so that you can help to kind of walk them over to places, help them to avoid loud horn blasts and really awful ska music. <laughs> but um, <laughs> uh, so I would offer, uh, you know, frequently to assist her and, and float over with her because my a lot of my students weren't trained uh, to to offer assistance and things like this. So she would flirt with me. And okay. it, I'm, this is not me trying to blow myself up here. This is just more, it, it's got me on a really interesting train of thought subsequently where I was like, if you were born blind and you have no frame of reference for aesthetic at all, what would be the things that would attract you? Is the, the old joke about oh, Ray Charles used to like reach out and grab a woman's wrist as he shook her hand to determine how, how much weight she had on her. You know, things like this. But it, I, I used to have conversations with my coworkers because, like, she was flirting with you. I was like, yeah, I'm, I got the feeling. But I'm like, I don't know what would be the thing that would attract her to me. Oh, so then I'm like, well, good. I'm, you know, perhaps I, I have a, those dulcet tones are trying to, you know, lure her You do in have the or, voice. So, uh, and, you know, maybe my, my cologne or my, my beard balm. If I or, was, uh, yeah, if I, if, if I was... Uh, for the for the guys, your voice would do it for me. Okay. If I if I was blind and your your scent. Okay. You well, I'll, I'll call you there uh, later on this evening, and uh, we'll have a little chat. Yeah. Gosh, it's weird I'm, when you I'm start. A, so my thing is clothing. Okay. And it's not it's not well dressed. It's just how combinations and the and uh, complementary colors. Okay. Uh, it's a whole ensemble thing, right? Which has kind of been a weird thing to realize because it's not really like, you know, with other people and their fetishes, you can kind of really deep dive onto that, uh-huh. like find the fetish. But I can't really find a fetish for, yeah, I just like it when women dress like really well. It doesn't even have to be slutty clothing, you know. It can be just. So you're a fashionista. Yeah, but I have no class or style. Okay. <laughs> I just, it's um, so weird when I think about it, not to cut you off, no. I'll let you finish your thought, but honestly, how much of the things that attract us Our to vision. the opposite sex are purely aesthetic? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I'm, I'm sent as right. well. And so. yes, that's a big thing, but, um, yeah, There's actually I, a funny story with that. The, uh, earlier today, actually at work, um, one of the co-workers came in. She actually dressed up as ha- um, Howie and went and flipped signs or whatever. But she got out of the outfit and she had the same perfume that my girlfriend has. And I was just very yeah, um, um, confused because I'm like, I don't dang. know how to react. So you're a, you're a fucking science nerd. You should know this shit. As I'm playing with a fidget spinner, I'm like a fucking See, isn't it useful? Um, Not I haven't heard any single. <laughs> no, you haven't. The old yet. joke of like, I think there is an Axe commercial that said like, scent is the one sense that is the strongest tie. Neurologically, to yeah. Neurologically, yeah. there's a tie. I read a book. Um, this is your brain on music. Is the name of the book, mm-hmm. and 
a lot of it is way over my head, but a big part of it was the connection of smell and sounds uh, as it pers- like pertains to memory itself. So yeah, that makes perfect sense, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had the same thing too. Like I wear the same cologne now that I did like my l- second to last year in high school. Um, not just because I haven't grown out of it, but I generally just, I really like it, but mm-hmm. my first girlfriend of all t- like my high school sweetheart picked that cologne off for me and still wearing the cologne and hasn't changed at all. Like will remind me every now and again when I smell it of like certain like weird, fun, cool times back then. Now this is the um, Lacoste cologne that you had to order from Walmart. No, no, it's not that flings. one. Oh, okay. um, this is, I'm a cheapskate, uh, still, <laughs> this is Kenneth Cole black. Okay. It's like $30, and I think you can get it at uh, uh, Nordstrom Rack. There you go. Nordstrom. Bless but, him. Um, I'm a Calvin that, And then I don't know myself. what the name of her cologne is, but there are some customers that I have that walk through the bar that wear certain perfumes that my mm-hmm. exes have worn. And it's just like, what the fuck? It transforms you all the way back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all of a sudden I have long hair and a tiny little dick. <laughs> and now you have short hair yeah. and a tiny little dick. <laughs> hey, don't talk about Sam that way on this podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. But uh, the joyful thing, like as I thought about this, I really got like a weird deep dive, and it's also the separation between genders of what attracts them. Yeah, you know, so you you have to kind of have a weird spin on all of this stuff. But I also, in the course of like a month after that. Uh, and we can debate whether or not this is something that we want to include here. But uh, this is brought to bear on a lot of conversations that are having today. I was approached and asked out by someone who was, uh, as far as I can assume, someone who was a transgendered individual. So then I got to have like an existential conversation with my boss, who was openly gay, about whether or not like that would make me uncomfortable. So this is a fun conversation to have at with your boss no, at yeah, work yeah. where he's like, "Do you think you could date a guy that had transitioned and uh, and had converted it over?" And then you start running your brain around and it's like, "Yes. Yeah, I don't think I'd yeah, have a problem absolutely. with it at all." As it, I think the only time it would intimidate me is if the equipment was involved. So if this is pre-op versus post-op. Yeah. You know, and that's, then and that's where like, that's where it gets tricky and how do you navigate that conversationally? Mm-hmm. Um one of this is going to be really weird connectively, but right. one, I think it's absolutely okay to keep in. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. I had a customer uh, when I first started working um, was not yet transitioning. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of the past two years, I've only seen them probably maybe like a handful of times. And it's after they've made the decision to transition. Mm-hmm. And it has been one of the most accidentally, on my end, heartwarming things to watch somebody, like, slowly get to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. In, in a, not in a weird way, but, like, yeah, in a, in a way yourself, that makes sense yeah. no, to I know, them. I know exactly what you're talking about because uh, my, to, oh, sorry. Continue. Oh, no, go ahead. My best friend, my the first friends I, friend I ever made in kindergarten, um, she's trans. Um, I have talked to her on and off for years but I didn't, I stopped, like, I even lived with her in college for a time, and then she 
after graduation, when I still stayed in school because I hate myself. Want to ruin your life with education. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she eventually got a job out in California, and that was where she started transitioning. I didn't see her for the longest time until actually uh, two weeks ago. Okay. And she mm-hmm. was mostly transitioned by then. And you're right, like, it is so heartwarming because they, like, you could even, like, they don't have to say that they feel better. It's just they, they ex- like, exude. Their personality yeah, is more comfortable. Right. Yeah, she was a lot more reserved and, like, not yeah. necessarily, like, held back, but, like, almost, like, you could almost feel the uncomfortableness. But then when I hung out with her the couple weeks ago, she was the life of the party. She was more out there, more bubbly than I am, which is yeah, saying something. The person that I met, <laughs> uh, the person that I met, uh, was pretty shy, but it was almost shy in a way of like, why would you talk to the person just selling you beer or serving you beer? Um, oh my god, that was Shane, and that wasn't me. <laughs> um, but now when I see her, she is super talkative, super about it. Just uh, it, I don't know, it's just great. Um, but yeah, that is an interesting conversation. Yeah, I, it was one of those things, having really sat down and started to analyze our heteronormative behavior in certain instances. So it really got me on this weird, and I talked about it on the previous podcast, but it was something I thought would be interesting to bring up here, of just, you know, conversations you never imagined you would have had. And certainly, like, we have grown leaps and bounds in a national consciousness since that point Mm -hmm. but this is kind of nascent stages when this is finally starting to be pushed a little more out into you know what they would call a casual conversation and it's interesting how these things kind of start to form your personality and your perspective but yeah so i guess what you'd be left with then if you're going for you know lack of sight Mm -hmm. it'd be smell touch and sound Mm -hmm. right yeah um so yeah Smell guy for sure. Yeah, okay. perfumes are just like what you smell. <laughs> smell it's guy, like yeah, a just just, butts just a, fart into my mouth. Smell. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> fart in my mouth and tell me you love me. Let me lick um, your armpit. I went to, and the there park. are certain uh, vocal, uh, you know, timbres that mm-hmm. just drive me up the fucking wall. Yeah, as yeah. far as like, I can't stand you. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know. Like if if you had if you didn't have things to balance it out. You know, because I think visually you can you can make compromises. It uh, also it hit me with the uh, the Pulp Fiction line uh, from the our little tulip. Uh, what is pleasing to the eye and pleasing to the touch are seldom the same thing. Yeah. In that discussion, and that was interesting because you you don't realize in the course of like the conversation I had about the particular young lady is like my own insecurities started showing. I think at the time says so like, I don't know why you'd be attracted to me. I can't imagine a single thing. Right. And then you start running out things like, well, take all of this other stuff out. Then the white noise, the static that surrounds how we normally interact with each other. Talking about phone sex. Yes. <laughs> I called her on the phone and she touched herself. Uh, but it's, it's interesting to, to think about, just how you would go about relating to other people if you don't have the onus of having to feel like you have to be done up or, you know, any of this other nonsense of just you can relate purely on personality. It was a really interesting conversation. Yeah, anyway, sure. 
We we devolved a, a long enough. On no, that, that was great. That was fun. Yeah. So it actually was a good conversation. That's something I don't think we usually have here. Well, you know, occasionally <laughs> we want to try to inject something that you know raises the eyebrow uh, and then raises the intellect. That's yeah. We're we're, we're trying to get there. Subsequently, the my <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel smarter already. Well, if you couldn't have gathered it by now, this is just us, uh, the, the loose form episode mm-hmm. where I don't have to do any research because I'm bad at it and won't do it. <sighs> I refuse to do it. Speaking of podcasts, what was the first podcast you ever listened to? First one. I will tell you my my stories. Um, when Kevin Smith got booted off of the plane, when the Southwest Airline incident happened... He said he was going to detail everything that happened to him that evening on Smodcast, which was his podcast at the time. I had never heard a podcast. I had never uncovered anything. So I went and downloaded that episode. And I was like, this is cool. It's just like Kevin Smith talking for an hour and a half. And it was a very interesting way to get in on the ground floor with him because he's detailing personal, you know, incident right. of his life. And that's been very well chronicled. And then because of that, I went down and it was like 96 episodes in at that point by the time you got to that. So I went and downloaded a ton of Smodcast episodes. So that was kind of the onus for me getting like into the podcast field. But I'm trying to think. I think it would the first time? two, that, no, the first two, okay. two that are coming to mind are equal Night Vale and Harmontown. Mm. Okay. So Harmontown would be Dan Harmon's from Community and, and Rick and Morty, but I'm not, I didn't avidly listen and follow through with all Harmontown because there was so much content. Mm-hmm. Night Vale, because of you, Shane, I listened to, um, at the time, actually relatively like new episodes of. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until a year ago that I went through and I am fully caught up on on the whole thing, which seemed impossible until you realize that they're 20 to 30 minutes. Yeah, they're pretty bite-sized. Um, yeah, so, anyway, Michael? Um, I think I already mentioned this podcast in the past, but uh, Hello Internet is mm-hmm. essentially to YouTubers, uh, educational YouTubers that just kind of like do what we do. Well, what we're doing in this episode, not what we typically do. Right. Um, just shooting the shit and talking about uh, YouTube or talking about like that sort of thing. And then I followed um, both of those two. They have other podcasts that I listen to. One of them, uh, the guy's name is CGP Gray. Mm-hmm. He has a secondary podcast called Cortex, which is all about productivity. I listen to it on occasion whenever I feel I'm not productive. And then I get a burst of productivity for like a week or two. And then I forget about it and mm-hmm. go back down. <clears throat> and then the other guy, his name is Brady Heron. Uh, he does a lot of YouTube channels. Um, one of which is called Numberphile. He has two other podcasts, one of which he just interviews people that he interviews for Numberphile. And then another one, uh, the Unmade Podcast, um, where it's just him and he's Australian and he has another Australian bloke um, that they just... Come Don't act that. like you can get away with just casually <laughs> whipping bloke in Crikey. Australia. Uh, um, um. <laughs> All right, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> but what they do is they just um, come up with podcast ideas. Okay. And that's cool. the whole... And that's where you got the concept of... for this one. Uh, no, actually. <laughs> no, I I mean, I go back to episode one. That's where I got my idea. Okay. Sorry, I don't know how to find that episode. 
not hungry, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, the other thing I thought you should listen to, um, Justin Long has a podcast called really? Life is Short with Justin Long. Like he had an episode with Kevin Smith and he had one with Jesse Eisenberg, which was really interesting. Okay. So yeah, go go give it a listen. He has some really fun episodes. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, he, he co-hosts a... it with his brother, oddly oh. enough. So they have like little repartee between each other at the beginning of the episode to introduce the guest. Okay. And then Justin actually does the interview. So it feels very much like... The um, thing they did in Tusk, where okay. he would go off, do the interview, come back, and then relate it to the other podcast hosts. It's yeah, very interesting. Okay. I'm not sure whether he actually took it off of that or what, but maybe it's, uh, um, it's fun. Because he hasn't done anything like acting wise in, 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 in a while. It's been a he? minute. It has been yeah. a minute. I haven't really seen him since uh, that beautiful movie, Drag Me to Hell. <laughs> oh, that vehicle? <laughs> There's a vehicle? So yeah. I want to I want to take a moment one to preface that uh, we are going to be doing a, a couple new things here and John's going to spearhead the second half of this podcast I think if you've got some ideas because I'm looking at you holding things oh yeah I mean we're loose form I don't yeah sure. we're so, totally loose form <laughs> so um, we're going to get our sponsor in here and then following the sponsor oh, we are going to have our oh. first installment uh, of our brand I'm new segment for this i'll uh, put my phone down it's yeah. proper pronunciation so do you want to knock the with sponsor? michael yes i'm going to hit the sponsor and Say this the is name one, again uh, of the segment we're going to get to after this proper pronunciation with michael i can only imagine what the music is going to sound like underneath the intro to that hey, segment don't don't build up like listener expectations okay see if i say it then it has to happen. It's oh. Chekhov's gun. Um, right? Chekhov? Ch- I, Chekhov what? I don't Chekhov's even have a list gun? in front of me. Am I right? Is that what it is? Huh? The guy it's Jackoff show- is how you pronounce oh, it. Oh, sorry. Jackoff's gun. Where if you see it in the first act, it means it has to come on your face in the third. Uh, and that is a perfect segue. Or Sieg as we would oh say, <laughs> to our sponsor this week. Uh, and John actually put me onto this one. We are sponsored by Goodweeds. As we march the overgrown trail to legalization, more and more folks are getting enwrapped by reefer madness. But for those who are past their dank dorm room days, and that's D-A-Z, so that's very funny, how do you know which high is right for you? Well, that's where Goodweeds comes in. Goodweeds is the world's largest site for cannabis lovers to convene and go green. Our mission is to help people find and share the strains they love, enabling weeders across the globe to meet their mellow without any stress. Whether you prefer flowers, concentrates, vaping, or edibles, we have lists curated by you for you. And we partner with a broad array of local dispensaries to help you get what you want at locations close to home. Whatever your tastes, we can help lead you down the primrose path to happiness. I personally have no clue what the fuck this ad is regarding because I'm cleaner than a Christian's prom dress. That's good weeds. Feed your green machine. And uh, I'm very excited that you brought this to us, John. I'm going to go ahead and deflate this real quick. You just described a real thing. Oh, really? Accidentally. <laughs> no. This sure. already exists. It's weed map stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but see, we're sponsored so we by were, another version of yeah, this. Uh, we were uh, we were leaving practice on Sunday, Shane and I, and we were talking about sponsorships mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, you know, 
things that had come into our email about people that wanted to sponsor us. And I was like, I just really wish that someone uh, would sponsor us for something uh, review-related. Um, and Shane said, you know what? I just read an email uh, of someone who wants to sponsor us. I can't wait to show you on Tuesday. Yep. And that's what happened. But yeah, um, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that they're there, and I wish them the best of success. But I think Weed Maps is already there. Shane's writing on his magic murder pads. I think it's his, so, uh, his hit list. So how are we going to run Billy this? Well, before we do that, I want an aside because you spoke about green. I touched the shock mount. Um, I've become the thing I've just wanted to destroy. Anyway, I haven't uh, touched it once. Wow, that Fucking was cuck. What even is the? Anyway. <laughs> So, do you remember a couple episodes ago when you asked me if I had heard about that cult? The Loving um, Hut. Yes. Yeah. There's one on Southern, right next to, right across the street from um, Bottle Shop. Kitty Corner. Really? Yeah. Loving Hut. Do you want to go join a cult? No. <laughs> I mean, I could always go for like a salad or something. Okay. Yeah, because I was walking um, to... Near the Ross? <laughs> yes. Wait. Couscous Poison? The poison made for couscous? <laughs> this Next is the, the least Sprint interesting store. podcast <laughs> yeah. we've ever anyway, done. Anyway, anyway. <clears throat> I have seen it now. So, okay. there's the... Yeah. Cool. Well, so I you, have... Uh, thanks, Ollie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to write this stuff out. Uh, so that we can get it to uh, to Michael in a reasonable fashion. Okay. Well, while you do that, Shane sent me an article, sent us an article uh, that fits our episodes. So I'll go ahead and read it real quick. Uh, it's from our favorite super reliable news source. It's from Fox News. Uh, conservative group slams Burger King over commercial using the D word. Uh-huh. I'm so desensitized Dick. that I spent the majority skimming through this to be like, what D word? Like, what? <laughs> I can think of 10 right now. Yeah. Uh, so the conservative group, One Million Moms, is accusing Burger King of crossing the line over an impossible <laughs> Whopper commercial that uses the D word. The group's website reads, the language in the commercial is offensive, and it's sad that this once family restaurant has made yet another deliberate decision to produce a controversial advertisement instead of a wholesome one. <laughs> How can you make a wholesome Whopper commercial? <laughs> the group, which is a division of the American Family Association, called out a commercial in a document. Alpha! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The reaction to uh, taste test the now popular meatless burger. One man, completely stunned by the impossible Whopper's tastiness, says, Damn, that's good. <laughs> Apparently, the use of the D word went too far for one million moms. One million moms find this highly inappropriate. <laughs> when responding to the taste test, he didn't have to curse, the group said. So, or if, in fact, it was real and an unscripted interview in which the man was not an actor, then Burger King could have simply chosen to edit the profanity out of the commercial. So, one million moms are scared of the D. <laughs> <laughs> you would crush that joke. No. That, <laughs> I mean, I've crushed 
kept my V before, but not to give it to a million moms. Well, you just wait for this, because the group called the ad, Irresponsible takes this. (laughs) Unlike the Asterisk, South Park had an episode where they literally said shit, what, like 47 times. Yeah. This is what we're getting offended at. Well, shame. Anne is extremely destructive and damaging to impressionable children viewing the commercial. We all know children repeat what they hear. Children have access to the internet where midgets shove party-sized subs into other people's assholes whilst onlookers manually masturbate. Now, how the fuck is the word damn damaging compared to that? Well, last month, the group caused the Hallmark Channel to initially pull a Zola commercial featuring two brides kissing during a same-sex wedding ceremony. So I don't think we're really dealing with the most logistically-minded people. Um, now... So we, they don't want meat... Listen, we're getting as close to their agenda as we can, because there's no meat in that sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> there's no meat in the lesbians kissing either, so altogether, I yeah. think this is what they want. I don't know, Shane. I am just really distraught. <laughs> I I cannot. So here's the, the fun line that we're going to have to ride. And the reason I sent this along is it made me think. We are an entity that is torn between two giant trains that are barreling in completely opposite directions. And sane and rational people have to then ride between the two of them and balance perilously between each. Because, yeah. listen, I don't fancy myself a conservative at all, as evidenced by this what? entire run. I also wouldn't say I'm hyper-liberal either, because I am the one kid sitting here who's never had a drink in his life, doesn't take drugs, all this other random that you would call a straight-edge guy, and I'm in my late 30s. So I'm, I look at both of these things, and I'm like, you can't shelter children to an extent that the word damn is the thing that is going to traumatize them beyond belief. Like, I'm sure you've said worse things to each other in the midst of an argument in front of them. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I had this conversation earlier where I was talking about my dad, um, my dad, which, (laughs) um, not yet. I just said, why didn't Uncle Touchy not, you know, come down and come on my face? <laughs> That's my dad's job. Dad could have stopped. Was he trying to steal? <laughs> why did they have to job? sword fight my mouth? <laughs> uh, my, my dad's from Kentucky, like deep Kentucky, and a, a majority of, of his side of family, they're far right as far as like how they would lean. And I'm I'm not really that, but I, it's kind of exactly what you're saying. It, it was on the topic of guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, I don't really like. I agree with the position of that we need to have stricter without getting into the whole fucking. Yes, thing. right. That things need to be a little more stricter. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like I wouldn't be opposed to owning a gun mm-hmm. and talking in that context with my wife, being from Chicago and very much being rooted in the, you know, mm-hmm. that 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 leaning side, you know, blue state. Um, where you kind of get to pick and choose who you are as you grow older. Mm-hmm. You know, like you don't have to be consigned to who your parents were. Um, and it's just really interesting realizing that as you get older and older that you know, I can like guns, but not, you know, 
thief in Kentucky. And you can also like guns and not shoot thirty-seven small children with one. Exactly. Yeah. You, know, you can you can like guns and be responsible with your gun ownership, but then still be a liberal. Yeah. Um, it's so difficult because we act as though there are very distinct black and white realities, and there's not. It's just we simply exist in shades of gray. So it's you know, hey, it's a Star Wars line, kids. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. So, like, the good side of everything is we're supposed to just listen to one another and have empathy. And if I don't agree with you, I don't hunt. Like, for as ironic as that is. Right. But I don't have a moralistic objection to it. So it's just, it's odd that when you try to control other people's conduct, and I mean, there's a degree to which we have to do that because it's society, and if we were, you know, running in an anarchic state right now, you could just do whatever you want at a whim. But... Within reason, to be, you know, completely brutally honest, do what you want. You do you. Yeah. If you want to go out, drink 47 beers, take as many handfuls of pills as you want, and then just start raving and jabbering in the confines of your own home, <laughs> God bless you. Go do it. Like, yeah, for sure. trust me, I'm not judging anybody by that. I do plenty of things that are not acceptable in polite society. Like masturbating 18 times in three hours. Yes. In front of a gaggle of school children. Yeah, that is not factual, and I do not stand by that. <laughs> I was gonna be like, I do not represent those of the disinformed. But <laughs> in the midst of like, just I, I love that we're back again on it. Just you can watch someone be decapitated on the on dark web. You know, yeah, but not even I mean, no, yeah, that at a random like there are prior to YouTube tightening down, you can watch people be beheaded mm-hmm. on YouTube. Yeah. And we're worried about the word damn slipping into a commercial. Oh, you know, that's funny. Uh, not funny. Um, your uh, your mom's house podcast, that's so Tom Segura and Christina Kaczynski. I was going to say, my mom doesn't have a podcast. Um, <laughs> they're, uh, gosh, YouTube is now cracking down. And I've heard this from their, their podcast. Uh cracking down on content because they're trying to make it a safer space for children. So, Oh, um, what is it called? Copa? Exactly what you're saying, where it's just like, know your platform Mm -hmm. and know where it's appropriate to to kind of like, really like, what hill are you dying on and where is that hill fucking located? Even when I was adding the artwork for our YouTube stuff, there is an option in editing the video where you can say that your video is targeted at children. Yeah. And say yes or no, and then you can somewhat filter yourself out by yeah. saying no. And that's, I mean, to be honest, once we started cord cutting, like most kids, most of my nieces do nothing but watch YouTube all day. That's all mm-hmm. they do. That's how they're getting their I entertainment. Know six months so. into having YouTube Premium, so mm-hmm. I have no ads. In which case, actually motivated me to watch more YouTube. Um, so I, I get it. Yeah. Like I didn't grow up like that, but if I did, it would make so much sense. Even if I had ads, but you right. know, I'm not a stupid little child baby, and I can afford not to have ads. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, the reason we had the FCC in place for all these years in the first place is just, again, regulating these things, keeping a, a clutch on it, and there are some things, like me saying I line children up and touch myself in front of them, is not appropriate. <laughs> That's horrible. That is an atrocious thing. I use it to, you know, make a point here. Uh, there are far worse things you could say than "damn, that's a good burger." Right. I just, yeah, I can't understand why people make these. They really should just lock yourself in a compound like the village, and then then you're fine. 
Don't let them watch anything. Let them read books. I love to read. I work for a frigging library. So, obviously, I'm going to endorse this. Like, you can filter any number of things that way. Yeah. But just, you know, to try to then change the national consciousness to whip everybody around. It's like, they should have taken a little more responsibility and pulled that down. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you put a good voice to it. I, I really enjoy that. <laughs> it's irresponsible. You should have used a condom. <laughs> I told you not to come in me. <laughs> I swear I didn't come in you, Pete. Anyway, did you want to get into? Are we? Uh, are we? Um, this is going to no, be the new no, longest this, episode. No, it's not. Oh, it's going um, to. I don't really have more. Oh more shit! Comments. I only had a couple of more things. Did we have the uh, current eventy? I was going to say um, the uh, the Facebook political thing. As oh, well. I wasn't going to feature that one. Okay, well then I will disavow all knowledge. I Go for it. Bring it up at a later point. I was okay. just going to talk about, uh, and I'm not doing this to accidentally alienate Michael because he doesn't watch movies ever because he doesn't have eyes. See, What's a Michael is <laughs> Who said that? Visual media stories you guys have seen. Where am I? Two movies in particular or have plans to see them. Mm. Uh, some recommendations. So the best thing that Shane has ever done for my life, Michael, is a long time ago, probably five or six years ago, told me about a film studio called A24. And the fact that all they really did and all they really were focused on was original content. They really didn't care about the sequel creating. Uh, they just were focused on interesting movies. Auteur filmmakers. Didn't ever since he told me that I focused on, if I ever saw an A24 movie mentioned or if an A24 is recommended to me, I didn't question it or question it. I just go fucking watch it. Um, I think it, might not have been the first, but... Uh, oh, I know the first one that the studio ever put out was Spring Breakers. Mm-hmm. And wasn't quite ready for it then, and I haven't tried it yet. It's it's not. I it's a good re- movie. Re- it's it's it not horrible. I it's, wasn't ready yeah. for it when I saw it, so I didn't yeah. really care for it. Um, but the first one that really, really hit hard for me was uh, Ex Machina as an A24 movie. It is in my top five all-time favorite films right now. Yeah. Also, mm. The Lobster... That um, is what I need to see. I do under, know of it. Under the I know it exists. Another, oh, yeah. Uh, under the skin, there's also so uh, The Witch and the Witch also the follow-up, which is The Lighthouse, which I saw a couple weeks back. I uh, would also recommend, but it's probably going to take a couple of views. I was not smart enough for the hidden metaphors and allegories and, and shit in that movie. And once I read an article, so I was like, okay, I'm a fucking moron. Uh, funnily enough, as mentioned earlier, Tusk is an A24 picture. I forgot that Tusk was Oddly A24. Enough, yeah. uh, my wife has retconned that that exists as a movie at all. Uh, when her and I first started dating, uh, I'm way more into movies and, and music than she is. So I had to give her a little, like, almost, like an elevator pitch, almost, Michael, of like, here's what I like. So my pitch to her was, watch this movie Tusk with me. This is probably about as weird a movie that you're that I'm gonna have you watch that I currently know. Yeah. Everything from this point on is gonna be so palatable. Mm. And she went into the movie thinking that because I pitched it as it's literally about a movie about a man who gets turned into a walrus, and she took that as a fantastical like Disney fun. Like, oh jeez. Over the head with a magic wand <laughs> and becomes a fucking walrus, not. 
he gets brutally tortured and disfigured and then yeah. Yeah, I know I know a little bit of that movie. So she's to this day still has nightmares about us. Now what's even funnier? Oh Christ. Sam took me to see it in theaters. Yeah, yeah and she us. recommended that we go watch it and I'm like, you're not gonna wanna watch this. She's like, no, it's a Kevin Smith movie. I was like, okay, sure. It's like, and I, I had listened to the podcast where they came up with the concept. So I knew what I was going to get walking into this. And I was like, you're going to be terrified. But did you steal the concept of let me traumatize you up front so that you're prepared for everything that falls out afterward from me? Did I do that to you? Or did you come to that on no, your I own? No, I think you and I are kindred. Okay. Because um, I do that with with media and then with relationships as well, which is why I truly believe that if you are interested in somebody, you might as well live together sooner rather than later so that you can get the ugly bits out of the way so it doesn't end in a traumatizing divorce. I agree. Um, I treat relationships like waterboarding, which is like, after I have done this for long enough, everything I do afterwards, you'll still be thankful for. Yeah. Um, but uh, getting getting to the original point, so the new H24 movie that's out and making the rounds is Uncut Gems. With Adam Sandler, Looks so good. And yeah, I went and saw that last week, and holy fuck, they lived to the hype. But it's really divisive if you look up the reviews, which I guess you can say that about any movie. Basically. Are we back yeah. on Rotten Tomatoes hatred here? Because no, this, we this one's be. more organic. Where I'm just seeing like I've had people come into the bar. I've seen people on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Mm-hmm. It's either people are like I feel like that movie was just yelling at me the entire time, or people being like that. That was the fun. Like, it is probably one of the most stressful movies that I've ever seen. Um, but, ah, Jesus. And I've seen um, Sandler and Funny People and Punch Drunk. But believe the hype going in. I, I can't really talk about it more because I'd really yeah. like you guys to see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, okay. It is the best dramatic performance that I've seen him in. Yeah. I forgot for a majority of the movie that I was watching the same guy that was in The Waterboy. Yeah. And I didn't really do that in Punch Drunk or in Funny People. Like, you really remember in those movies, like, where Adam Sandler's at. Right. And also, those movies were before his terrible contract with Netflix, where he's. Oh. He's just. Uh. For fire movies, just for the, like, the paycheck. Um, but also. Not an A24 movie, but this one will tie into the Oscars and, and nomination season. Uh, 1917? I have not encountered it. That is one I need to see because yeah. I just I love so, history. I saw that on Friday. Do you know what it is? Yeah. Okay, so it's, I, it's probably movie. important to explain. Oh my god, a film movie. A flow it, of, <laughs> it's important to explain to the audience that I am like a monk. So I don't watch television. I have even fallen out of the practice of routinely watching movies unless it's stuff I'm already familiar with. I basically just have been reading books nonstop for probably about a year and a half now. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty disconnected from most things. Music, I don't listen to the radio. It's all sorts of stuff. So I'm, I'm back in, like, 2007. Yeah. And then I flash forward yeah. occasionally and then go and right then back, back into yeah. the hole. So, yeah. Um, so the dude was Sam Mendes. The okay. The dude who did Skyfall and American Beauty. Yes. Um, it's a World War One, um, pick. Okay. And it is technically not one continuous shot, but it is cut together to emulate a one-shot movie. Oh. Um, going from one trench to another, essentially. Okay. And it also was stressful as hell, but 
worth watching, and I guess this will come out in two weeks, and it came out last week, so it'll still be semi-topical by the time it comes, by the time this episode comes out. So. Did it tickle your deer hunter fetish at all? Funnily enough, it really, really did. Okay. I, there are multiple bones through there that you would hope that the score goes into some deer hunter characters. Almost. <laughs> and then finally, uh, this is kind of where, I'm, where I was planning on trailing off on the episode, it is that a movie that I thought that Shane would would have disliked. It's just cleaning house at the Oscar nominations, and that's Joker. Why would you think I would dislike it? I didn't know why. I didn't know why I thought you would dislike that movie, okay. but I just thought you would. But now, um, and for reasons, also, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got some some nominations. Yeah, and it deserves it because that's such that's a good movie. Now, there's a separate topic, and we're not going to go into it because I just saw that. Oh, good. Well, it just got po- or just got posted, but it was CNN saying this year's Oscars are a joke. But I think I see that written almost every single year. But there's probably deeper reasons. But let's just—I'm just going to read the the noms for uh, for Joker, mm-hmm. and we can follow up on it. Uh, okay. After sure. after the season, but uh, this one I'll agree with. But also, quick caveat. Sandler did not get a nomination. Uncut Gems didn't get anything. And okay. once you watch the movie, you're going to be super fucking pissed about that. All right. Because Sandler should have gotten a nomination, in my opinion. All right. Anyway, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Best Actor. Okay. It's got Best Picture, Best Original Score, uh, Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Mixing, Best Costume Design, Best Sound Editing, Film Editing, and Makeup and Hairstyling. Okay. Cleaning house. So you're saying they're a god that the Oscars are political? I, <gasps> I can't believe it. What? Man, I just wish that we didn't exist, and I say this on a podcast where what we're doing is bloviating about our opinions. <laughs> like, why is it that every five seconds it's, you have to agree with me about the thing I love, or else... Right? It's like, we are diverse and different people. The whole thing, you and I talked about this and I've gone on at length about like when I used to act as a quote-unquote music critic. I didn't consider Uh, myself a critic because at this point it's like I wouldn't publish anything negative. And the argument I got is basically I'm going, we want to be music ambassadors. We're here to endorse things that we like and hopefully expose other people to things they would not have otherwise encountered. I like because that. I've had things that I hated when I was younger that I came around to eventually. So mm-hmm. the joke is I steal the Back to the Future lineup. I, you know, I guess you kids aren't ready for this yet. <laughs> it, it's like, I'm not ready for it. Well, is the only line. As an almost life model. Yeah, and it really yeah. makes perfect sense to me. Your true, true. change, your feelings change. So, like, I saw films, I used to point it out that, like, Mulholland Drive was the worst film I'd ever seen in my life, and I couldn't stand it. And David Lynch was just, you know... And, arrogant asshole and then i go back and watch it later on with a better understanding and really paying attention and the movie makes so much more sense to me now and i appreciate it and i like the nuances and the character nonsense and it's a bit hyperbolic but it's fun so i go all the way out of the way to say it's like but that's me at a moment and the joke is i'd say i would never recommend my lifestyle or my perspective to anybody because it's mine it only works for me yeah the only person i can ever litmus test is myself 
Mm-hmm. So same thing for like an award ceremony. Yeah, it's great and it brings attention to things, but by and large, the Oscars points the spotlight on something that already has a gigantic fucking spotlight on it. Right. So mm-hmm. when you're trying to talk about films like Uncut Gems or things that might not have gotten the hype, and Uncut Gems is getting the hype because Sandler's attached to it. But I mean, yeah, for some films that people spend years working on and cobbling together, and you know, looking at like the last season of Game of Thrones, watch the documentary behind that. The hours, the pains that go into trying to concoct something to entertain people, we go into a studio, cut an album, you know, and really exert effort towards refining our sound, cultivating something that we hope people will enjoy the way we enjoy music. We're recording a podcast right now because we want to make people laugh and have fun with us. And you go to all that, and then you get one person who doesn't see it the way you see it, who goes... That's worthless. This whole thing is stupid. Why are you even having a conversation about this? Those guys are assholes. You know what good does it do anybody? We're not going to stop because you don't like us. They're not going to pull Taylor Swift off the shelves because you don't like her album. It yeah. still sells. Yeah, it's kind of like at the beginning of this podcast episode in particular when I asked you guys if you ever thought of eating your own shit. And you <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh my god. It's gone full circle. <laughs> I didn't mean to king shame you. I, you know, hoisted on my own petard. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't think you can say that anymore. Uh, I also uh, <laughs> completely agree with you. Um, oh, John? No, thank you. I'm not. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Uh, what are you listening to? <laughs> yeah, what are you listening to? So, I before we... Go for it. I was uh, on a similar note, like, going into the studio. I was telling somebody recently about how exciting it is when we do go into the studio uh, as musicians to record things. Because we go in with a framework, and usually the song itself doesn't change that much. But uh, when we go in, by the way, we record two songs at a time for what we're doing. Um, and a lot of these songs we've personally been playing for a long time, but when we leave the studio, things are tighter, some parts have been adjusted, things have been, you know, shortened or, or added a little bit. Yeah, your brain is a sponge, Um, so you just kind of twist everything out of it and then leave. Yeah, but then what I've noticed, and it happens every single time, is that, you know, you play that song as it is now professionally recorded, uh, every single time that our set is adjusted in that way, we've just gotten tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. Uh, so I think we only got a couple more now, but it's exciting in, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so to have that one person be like, well, it sounds like an uninspired vocal melody from oh, the early aughts. God. Like, well, fuck yourself. Write a melody yourself, you goddamn cuck. Yeah. <laughs> also, by the way, uh, just listening back on everything, uh, I don't know what cuck means. I just like how it sounds. It feels really gratifying, so I'm just going to keep cucking saying it. Wait, do do you not know what that means? Uh, what was that? I couldn't hear you. Did you cuck? <laughs> okay, so cuckoldry is the idea that you watch your wife have sex with someone else. Or husband. Or husband. True, 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 true. <laughs> How'd you know I enjoy that? Don't you um, speak about Becky like that. So that's the idea of cuckoldry, but it's been kind of a yeah 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 co-opted as a more in general insult uh coming from the uh, alt right but degree of impotency yes you are not capable of gratifying someone else you have to watch someone else to get your pleasure and you like debasing yourself that way and you are not good enough to get that person's affections 
Yeah. You, know, you actually know what this <laughs> definition stands for, and you're just, you know, dragging Being a shit. Ooh. As of right now, we are going to put together the very first installment of proper punctuation with Michael. I forgot we were going to do this. Yeah, this is, this is how we're going to end this episode. So, I have written down some words on some very fun post-it notes, and I'm going to hand them to Michael. Now, John saw me write these out. Michael saw me write them yep. down. This mm-hmm. is the first time Michael is seeing these. Yep. So he's and I. No, I, no I, pictures. I have high hopes uh, here that you're gonna knock this out of the park. I want to inject a little levity here, but you're gonna do very well with this model. Okay, so when you say do very well, do you mean like be entertaining with mispronunciation, or you think I'm actually gonna succeed at pronouncing them correctly? I think you can do some of these. <laughs> So, round one. Okay. Now, Lay it on me. Uh, I'm going to hand this over to you. Get at it, senior cuck and steam. Oh, uh, that's part of your ear. That's cochlear. Well done. Yes. Round it's one. actually cochlear. Thank you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Shakespeare character. <laughs> cochlear, the fifth. What, right. you egg? <laughs> Sorry. Oh no! Uh, epidemiology. Well done. Ah, okay. I'm okay. You the He's warming me up. I'm giving you science-related things because I figured that would be a layup. So I don't know biology. You're two for two. Oh, that's true. <laughs> oh, okay. Now that's. <sighs> God damn it, John. <laughs> Brewery. Which one? Brewery. 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 Now that's just my accent. Brewery. No. Brewery. <laughs> Tell you what. Basswitch? <laughs> Them Cape Basswitch should go down to the brewery. So three for three? Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll count brewery. Uh, yeah. This is the Basswitch uh, sandwich that we've got here. Oh, no. All right. The fuck? Is that, hold on. Is that an... O or an A? It's an A. An A? Castooch? <laughs> well, that, the third letter Cast- is an R. <laughs> that looks like an S. That's an R. It's, it's attached to the A. I was trying to write. The- oh. All right. So- okay. That. All right. Then. Cartouche? That is correct. So what is that? Is Get, use it in a sentence. A cartouche would be... So we noticed an odd cartouche on the uh, the pharaoh's tomb. So it would be a symbol or something. Oh, like, like a, a bass tomb. relief. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Okay. Or that would be a ba relief, thank you. No, it's not one a, S, not two. It's, no, it's pronounced a ba relief. It's oh, a, for fuck's sake. Yeah, bass relief. Bass solo. Oh, I actually have a funny story. No. Um, so I mentioned, I think I mentioned before about uh, Louisville, maybe. Uh, did I do that in an episode? Frankfurt? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's another town that's nearby. Um, it's spelt like the um, giant manor in France, Versailles. Mm-hmm. It's pronounced Versailles. Uh-huh. 
Have I mentioned that on the? I think I told you. Maybe you told me. Yeah. There's a lot of that with Kentucky, uh, in particular. That's where I drew the line. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait a minute. That's I Alabama. Got, I, got to, I got three more here, and then we're done. Okay. This week's installment. Uh. All right. All right. Let's see here. Draught. Sure it would be draft. That is not draft. That is draft. What? D R A U G H T draft. Uh huh. No. So it, to drink something down in a draft, Tr- or a, like the draft of wind. That is how that is spelled. No fucking way. No, I've actually seen. I, what? No, there's D R A F T as well, but that is the. I feel like that was English. tricky. That was you're. I, that's how it, we're pronouncing words, not understanding their context. So yeah, no, he's fair. Works. He's fair. Yeah. That's right. Trying to protect the poor. Uh, and now the next one. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. I know how to pronounce it, but whether or not I'm going to pronounce it correctly, Worcester. That's uh, Worcestershire. I'm not English. Bless you. No well, thanks. I'm not hungry. And then it's also the um, town of. What is spelled as uh, Worcester is Wooster, if you are, uh, you know, Cockney? Bostonian. Oh. But no, that is Worcestershire sauce. Worship. Worcestershire. 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 sauce. All right. Now, are you ready for the last okay. one? All right. All right. All right. A proper pronunciation. <sighs> Drum roll, please. This is a hyphen <laughs> because I couldn't fit it on the post-it note. So... Oh, anti-disestablishmentarianism. Congratulations! Yeah. What is that? It's uh, right. it's it's a lot of suffixes and prefixes. Can can you? <laughs> Why? Hanging <laughs> shit around, burping, vomiting, dry. Hey, he hasn't. No, 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 no! Please, no. Uh, God, it hurts. Now that is the sound of John's will breaking. In this episode, coming to a bloody semen-covered ending. <laughs> bloody semen? <laughs> you should or, get that or, checked. Or British. <laughs> you, want, you can do what you want. Uh, uh, all right. Thank you. So, thank you all for hanging out with us for this really freewheeling deal an episode where we've gone from profound considerations of our own psyches to John making fart and vomit noises <laughs> and popping the microphone with his quicker stick. No. Uh, why? So, you can find us in your preferred uh, podcast. Please like, smash that subscribe button like it was John's like fucking button. skull. <laughs> please rate and review. You can find us on Instagram at Disinformed Podcast. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Disinformed Podcast. And on the Twitters at Disinformed Pod. Thank you all for hanging out with us, and thank you for uh, Good Weeds for sponsoring the podcast. We were very happy to, uh, you know, check them out and go to goodweeds.com, enter the offer code idiot, and then you can, uh, you know, help John to fuck himself later. <laughs> Please. Fuck Needs it. Come on. I, I gave you a layup there. Your, your ADD is trickled off into the distance. Seriously, man. John is falling asleep. So what? The heroin's finally starting to catch up. <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Where am I? God, so we're going to uh, to finally abort this episode. Uh, 
I couldn't agree more. She didn't need a 13th fucking Irish child. <laughs> Somebody needs to pull out in that household. You done? <laughs> right on her. I give her the old Irish mustache. Just, yeah. <laughs> Why? For the Disinformed Podcast, I'm Shane. I'm a mistake. <laughs> I don't want to be here. <laughs> Thank you for coming. John's mom will get it later. <laughs> it's sick. She's a hardworking lady. <laughs> <laughs> she has to be with me. She's got to find it first. <laughs>